Welcome to the Special Delivery Podcast. I am your host, Special, and on this show, I do one of two things. Either I'm highlighting brand new music that's dropped, or I'm sitting down with an artist to break down their latest project. And this guy I've been trying to interview for years, Buddy, is on this podcast, and we're going to break down his album, Harlan and Alondra, including the intro, working with Kent Jams of Overdose, working with Snoop, and actually having an unreleased Snoop song, working with Terrace Martin, singers like Rose Gold, Joyce Rice, Quinn, and we even talk about him doing interpolations of Outcast songs and so much more. So let's get into it. Hey, buddy, how you doing? I'm kicking back. We like that. Yeah. Now we got to talk about Harlan and Alondra. We're going to break down everything that people don't know and should know about the album. Okay, cool. Let's go. Let's do it. So let's start with the title. So of course, we got Ocean of Montana where you lived after you moved out of your parents' house. Mm-hmm. You got Magnolia, where like Mike and Key's studio is, mm-hmm. and then Harlan and Alondra, where your parents' house is. Yep. At what point did you know that you wanted to make the album Harlan and Alondra? Um, after the EPs, I was like, you know what? Let's just do one more, and then switch it up, cause it was a theme going on, and then I wanted to really bring it home and put a through line in the um, you know what I mean? Because um, yeah. At the time when I was dropping Ocean of Montana, I was in such a comfortable place in my life to just start releasing music again. And it made so much sense to do the Catronada stuff because it was so different than what everybody else was doing. And then the Magnolia one was kind of already in the works because I was working with Mike and Keith prior to working with Catronada. It was just a matter of picking the records and putting a project together. And then, you know, we really got a budget for the album, rented out a bunch of instruments and got all the producer homies we know and really just curated a sound and a body of work that, you know, would last forever. Now, I love the sound because it's almost like the layers of you, but at the same time, it's the layers of Compton. Was that kind of like a conscious thing to be like, I have all these different sounds that I want to portray. Compton has all these different sounds I want to portray. Like, what was that in approaching it? It was uh, both. I mean, I feel like I am Compton, so it's like definitely all the layers of me and my city because, you know, we're is a mirror image. We're a representation of each other and not just Compton, Los Angeles, because I was blessed enough to have the opportunity to move about the city and not just stay in Compton. There's some people who've never left Compton, never been to the Hollywood sign, never go to the beach and just be in the hood all the time, you know? And I've I hit every little corner in Los Angeles and was able to pick up all the different vibrations of the whole county rather than just Compton, but it still has that Compton feel. You know what I mean? Because I always ended up going back there to go to sleep, change my clothes, shower, kick with my family, because that's where it was going down for me. So it's my perspective as a Compton nigga moving about Los Angeles County. I love it. And we got to talk about the cover art. You did a shoot with your family, you got your parents, your sisters, your nephews, everybody's there. And you were talking about how you wanted to just show them because they're still here. They're such a big part of everything that you do. So you wanted to put them on the album cover. But it kind of has like a 70s vibe. Yeah, we threw it back. Okay, so that was on purpose. What was the idea behind that part? We just wanted to make it classic. You know, when I look at that picture, it seems like anybody's family. You know, you can go to any black house. If that's on the wall, like, who is these niggas? Like, who parents is this? You know, like, I can see that, you know, years from now, just like still looking as timeless. And the Stalin in the 70s is just really classic and clean. And I don't feel like we could have got it off how we did current Stalin. Shit in the fashion is getting all out of hand. 
We like the 70s vibe. That was a good time. Thank you. Then just the track listing. So real life shit. How did you know that that was going to be the intro track to kind of bring the people into the project? Screaming, fuck y'all. Got my cheese up. Thank you, Jesus. Take a deep breath. Nigga, hold up. Best believe it. When the finally get the money, I'm going to live it up. Hit the gas station. I'm about to fill it up. Hit my song on the radio and kick it up. Do it all day. Do it all night. Do it all week. Real life shit. Oh uh, man, it was a process of elimination. We had hella records, we had a whiteboard, and we would like, you know, listen to it out of order. We would try to put it in the order, and then some songs kind of just held on, some songs kind of fell off over time. And um, real life shit was one of those ones that just was super strong, you know. And when we was really thinking about placement, it just sounded like the beginning you know what i mean it's a good way to start because i feel like as a artist in the industry like the music gets really in the forefront people just want to hear the music people never really think about the person or the situation behind it i mean a lot of people do but for most of the fans you know what i mean and for even the people who do think about it, like, and know all the shit that goes on outside of just the music and know the background and what it took to get the music to where it needs to be. And it's just like, you know, a bunch of real life shit that goes in between. And I just really wanted to, like, make a point to talk about, you know, the real life shit first before we get into all the flashy, cool, nice, smooth shit. And it was still cool, but it was just real, you know, and I just wanted to set that precedent to just, like, let everybody, you know, know the real deal and then rose gold's vocals on there she killed it oh yeah she already got grammys what was it like working with her she ghetto as hell she's so ghetto i love her so much we be drinking and smoking and talking shit that's it and then fast forward a little bit to hey up there at the end you got the homie kent jams from overdose oh yeah he's probably been on all my projects low-key on the low i work with him a lot like ain't no way that i'm gonna shit. change up be like this He's the real big inspiration. He helps me in the studio a lot. Like, and that's a real good friend. I met Overdose, all of them. I met them through Pharrell. I didn't even know about them, you know, until Pharrell introduced me. It was the same for them. They was like, what, a rapper from L.A.? That's cool. Like, you know what I mean? We was in the studio, met, and just became friends ever since. And, like, I love those dudes. Ken Jam killed it. So, so good. And then we got to talk about legend. Hey, everyone wants to be. At least I think. And as far as I'm concerned, it's my turn. That's like some real black superhero music. Oh, yeah. What What was the idea behind that? Were you watching like a black superhero film or like a black exploitation film? Like what was the idea behind Legend? Around the time, we was real caught up in the new TV show that we liked called Legends of Chamberlain Heights. It was on Comedy Central by Carl Cherry, super tight and funny. It's kind of like nigga South Park. It's just super inappropriate. Is it a cartoon or is it's it like... It's a cartoon. Oh, okay. It's just about three kids in high school trying to be legends. 
and they go through regular high school stuff and it's just hilarious the commentary ugh, you, you got to check it out when you get a chance legends of chamberlain heights and in the beginning the theme song is like legends work yeah and then it comes on and they're like keep a cool booty look all you bitches and hoes what they say freshmen seniors and marks Keep a cool booty. We bringing drugs to the party. Drugs, yay! You know, it's just, uh, you know what I mean? When the beat was being made, like, Rufio's on the drums. I think Brody was, like, going back and forth between the bass and the keys. And then Mike and Keys was start arranging shit afterwards. And I just was saying legends at first, you know what I mean? It was just, like, super, like, you know, trying to make it super funky. And then, like, I didn't really know, have too much to say. That's why it was the interlude. I wanted to try to make it a longer record, but, I mean, that's kind of all I had. But it's, like, perfect. Yeah. Just that good, just one-two punch. Yeah, I didn't want to fuck it up. I was like, this is too good. This is even like this. It's going to be short. Oh, my goodness. And then Trouble on Central. Just an incredible song, an incredible video. And then Joyce Rice's vocals. What was it like working with her? And I wish I wasn't stuck on Central. Wish I was in control. Really wish I wasn't stuck on central. I still got so far to go. Oh yeah, she was hanging out with me and Rose Gold. And Rose Gold laid a stencil for her and then she came through because she be singing like kinda different, but we wanted her to do the whoop de whoop. And she um was hanging out with Rose Gold anyway. I love Joyce. She came through and really blessed me. Yeah, them shit sound real nice. Then the blue, my goodness. The Roger and Zap esque. Oh yeah. Calling you came out of the blue. The sky is blue and I am too. I'm eyeing you. I wanna be inside of you. The way you dance, take a chance and let me. Talk. At least to me, that's some real like West Side California shit. Thank you. And it just feels so good. Whose idea was that? Mike and Keys and Rufio, I started the beat. Brody, I came in and did some bass on top of it. And then um, I just started rapping. I was like, oh, this is tight. I got an idea. It's funny. I'm writing this line. Everybody has this perception of me as a crip. Like, I hang out with Nipsey and Snoop Dogg and do all this crip stuff. I'll be crip walking. Crip walking at a but like I'm not a gang member, but it's just funny to me. So at the time, I was really, like, thinking about how West Coast it is and gang member it feels and wanted to bring some kind of like hood vibe to it, but like not talk about no hood shit. So I was talking about a girl who just came into my life out of nowhere and called it the blue like the sky. And um, we got Snoop Dogg on it. But I'm sure everybody, before they heard it, like people told me, they look at the track list and they be like, oh, they think the blue is going to be like some hard featuring Snoop. Like this nigga about to be crippin'. And then it come on super funky and smooth. I'm talking about a girl. It's nice. It's just really funny. So good. And then Terrace Martin actually co-produced. What part did he kind of attribute to? Um, He came through at, at the end. I went to his house and just kind of played him the records. And he loaded it up and just started adding a bunch of random shit. He just kind of was like, oh, yeah, give me that. Send that over. Okay, cool. And then he sent me the files. And then Mike and Keys, like, arranged it and made it sound good. And, you know, he came in the clutch. You got to go to him, though. He be at the crib. He'll pull up sometimes. I'm about to work with him again, but we got to really lock out. 
like a couple days because we got some ideas. He's incredible. Like just his musical ears. Ridiculous. He a ghetto nigga too. <laughs> Exposing everybody for their ghetto ness. It was me, Rose, Gold, Terrence, Mar- that's a me- three ghetto niggas in the room making me. It was oh my god, we gonna make history. I cannot wait. It's going to be incredible. Ghetto niggas. That's probably going to be the album. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to eat it up. It's so good. And then, of course, the Snoop feature. You talk about how the first time Pharrell took you to Miami, you met Snoop. At what point did you know, like, okay, we're going to do a record together? When I first met Snoop, he walked in and we made a song. Jesus. It was unreleased. Some people heard it, some people haven't. That was a, a ritual start to our relationship was music. He was like, okay, for sure, nephew. He was like, come on, hop on this. We got this track. He rapped the verse, all right, we was going back and forth. It's actually super tight. I sound hella younger, and it was supposed to be like this, like, song about me trying to get in the game and him telling me to slow down and not do nothing. And I'm like, I'm trying to get on like you, but it wasn't hard enough because I don't really do no shit like that. I'm not really in the streets selling drugs or nothing, so it just didn't really fit the story. It was tight, though. It was fun. It was a wonderful experience. I love Snoop Dogg. That's so dope. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Good times. And then Quinn did vocals on that one. You've worked with her a lot. What was it like getting her on that one? I love Quinn. Ooh, she. I just asked her to sing. She came through and sung. You know what I mean? It's always a blessing. She's like a little fairy, you know? It's like, you lucky if she come through flying. You know what I mean? Sprinkle some little fairy dust on the record. It sounds beautiful. Now we gotta talk about Speechless. Oh yeah, that's my sex song. Can't put it in, got me ready to nut. Is you ready or what? See, silence is golden, baby, and the tape is silver. I rest my head on the pillow and then just... You got me speechless. Do you say silence is gold and this tape is silver? Duct tape is silver. So... Was there duct tape involved? No, that was a phrase that they used to tell me at the conservatory I went to. You know, we were some loud-ass kids learning how to act, sing, and dance. And when they would be trying to get our attention, they would yell and say, Silence is golden, duct tape is silver. And, like, we would be a little frightened. We were younger, and we actually thought they was going to pull some duct tape out and duct tape our mouth shut. And we didn't want that. And at the time, I had a hot flashback of the phrase and was thinking about, I ain't never put duct tape on a girl while I was fu- uh, having sex with her. Thank you. <laughs> you know, but um, I could just only imagine, you know, put a little dick hole in it. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. Like, there was already a visual, and now the visual is just, it's, yeah, wow. I'm just kidding, ladies. And then, tripping. Which came first, the voicemail or the song? Um, The song. The voicemail was organic. My sister be calling me. I be tripping. She be trying to, you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was really trying to get my family on the album however I could. We got a bonus one coming out with my mom on there and my nephew. Okay, I've heard you talk about that like a bunch of times. And I'm like Googling. At the end of October, mm-hmm. I'm working on a couple more records for the folk. But um, the song came first. Khalid sent it over with the hook. Mike and Keys remade the beat. We moved some stuff around. I wrote two verses and put my sister on there at the end with the voicemail. So, so good. I like that song. It's about drugs. People be turning up when we play that song. It's beautiful. It was cracking at a rolling out. I had like a little ovo mosh pit. That was real nice. I was like, I need one on this side. Yes. And I'm going to need one on this side. And then they kind of just merged into one big old thing. 
I wanted to jump in, but I had my chain on, and I ain't like these other niggas. <laughs> Me. I'm like, nah, not today. Got set boundaries. And then, Young. But before we talk about Young, we got to take it back just a second. So, Guillotine. Uh-huh. You did the interpolation of Spodioti. Pull up in the limousine. Looking like a guillotine. And then on Young, you did the interpolation of liberation. It's a fine line between love and hate, you see. Can't wait too late, and baby, I'm on it. So is it safe to say that Equimini is your favorite Outkast album? Probably. I be listening to that one a lot. And then I like the other one, the playlistic music. Southern playlist. That long ass one word, yeah. And then Find Me Too. Find Me is just fucking beautiful. Like, it literally hits you in your soul. Why a part two? Mirror, mirror on the wall, let a nigga know. Cause I can't see myself, I can't see myself. When I close my eyes, then I free myself. No matter where I'm at, I just be myself, yeah, yeah. Come find me. I can't see myself, I can't see myself. When I'm all alone, yeah. Just a little update, you know, on the current events of my constant search for self, you know, because it ain't over. It's probably going to be Find Me 3, 17. I'm gonna see 17? How it's, that's going to probably be one of my songs that I just keep remaking or something. I feel like that's a good one. I mean, everybody is out here searching for themselves for sure, whether they want to admit it or are aware of it. I feel like my whole race was stolen from where we was at i still don't know my ethnicity i bought the 23 of me and it's sitting on the counter i haven't spit in it yet because like i don't know how much i care i pay for it and like i do care and that's where i tether and then it's why it's such a search and it's a constant thing because i'm i should spit and i've been trying to talk myself into it wait on the results see what's up probably pull up to africa yeah. holler at the uh homies and learn a little bit more about where I actually came from. Definitely. Anything else you want to tell the people about Harlan and Alondra? It's a deluxe version coming out at the end of October. So they say, so they say, you know how these labels be. Don't take my word for it. When we got the proper dates, I'll let y'all know. But I'm working on like at least two, three, four more. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Special Delivery Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever you're listening on. I got more coming up with Buddy. Plus, I got episodes with Reggie Snow, Illa, and so many more. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button and then reach out to me. Let me know what your favorite part was or just say hello. I'm on Twitter at Special Says and on Instagram it's at Special Says as well. As always, this episode is dedicated to Marlon. Do what you can to stop senseless acts of gun violence.